presents 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast. Brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to the Dark Ages. Welcome to another episode. I was going to actually, I was going to do this in like the radio voice. I was going to go, welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name is Nathan. And I'm Bob. Bob, Bob is clapping. And today, we're that, that's not clapping, actually. That's snapping one's <laughs> that, fingers. That, that was snapping. Um, yeah, I understand words and things. I, don't, <laughs> I desperately tried to do the coffee house <laughs> thing, but strangely, <laughs> only my left finger snaps. My right does not. I don't know why. Hey, welcome. Welcome to a jazzy episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. Today, we're going to clash <laughs> our wills. It's going to be so hard. All right. All right, enough of that. Let's actually um, let's actually record a podcast, shall we? We shall. Today we get to review a module. Yes, uh, we're checking out the Clash of Wills for the Dark Ages. A, uh, it's a uh, off the bat. I'm going to tell you precisely what it is. So we, when we talk about it, it's not, huh? What this is, it is everything. It's a starter kit. If you've never story told, to be honest, it's it's from nuts to soup. It is step by step. What you almost wouldn't even to say, right? Oh, oh, oh d- d- that's one of the major things in my notes is that, um, like, there's so much like pre-written dialogue in here that, uh, yeah, it's it's right what Bob is saying. It's like nuts to soup, which I I like. <laughs> will now use uh, for the rest of my life. <laughs> Clash of Wills, like Bob was saying, it's a very small book. It's about forty pages. It is a quick read. And it is a start-to-finish playthrough that you could use for um, one session. You know, you got a one-nighter. You want to kick off. You got nothing planned. Um, just a bunch of friends and and some character sheets. That's uh, this is a great uh, piece of material for that. It's great to kick off a chronicle in your own Dark Ages game. Um, <laughs> and this it, is gonna it's gonna frustrate a lot of people too. Because a lot of folks, especially for this time, let me explain this era. This is what ninety seven. I think this, this book came out in ninety seven. Yeah. So, so when this came out, we were dealing in an age where the internet was not not readily accessible, not to no, the degree it is no. now by any site. So people were still taking word of mouth, right? You were still taking that direction and going with it. And that's very much the forgiveness I give this book. It was written for that audience in twenty nineteen. A lot of you are going to get irritated because you deal with fact. (laughs) This absolutely is this. This absolutely is that. If this happens, this happens. And there's no deviation unless I wave my magic wand and say there is. And this will straight up tell you, no, this is meant to go anywhere, right? They write a base plot where it could be, but you can have this happen anywhere in the Dark Ages world to any coterie for any reason with any outcome or any situation interjected. Yeah. So, it so is, Nate, uh, to you, what does that make this book then? So this book is perfect to me for, and this is what I feel of almost all modules, period. This is perfect for someone who has never story told before. Um, and when I say perfect, I mean it is a perfect piece of material for you to buy. This is by no means at all a perfect piece of material. Um, I want to establish that right away. When I say it's perfect, not in the writing. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's perfect. I think it's highly flawed. In fact, but if you've never, if you've never story told, if you've never 
ran Dark Ages. Really, if you've never ran Dark Ages, I think this will this will kind of uh, help to get you into the mindset to run a Dark Ages game or a Dark Ages one shot just to see how it goes. It's totally self-contained. You don't need to know anything about geography. You don't need to know anything about a town. It's all right here. And they do something brilliant that I've recommended um, that the book really doesn't say. Dark Ages V20, none of that. I never, I never recall reading anywhere, I should say. Correct me if, I, if it is written anywhere. I never saw it. Where it says flat out, make up the, your own area. Right? If it didn't exist, make it exist. But know your background. Now, what that means is know what the neighbors are doing. Right? You can't have, like, like a lot of different games, I've, I've had those friends who design their own world. Right from the ground up. And we talked about this at length, but it's an exhaustive process. By the time they're ready to run a game, they're done with game period. Because they spend so much time in it, and that's that. That same flaw can happen to you in a city. However, this takes place, this story in Clash of Wills, in an area called Gautry. And it's supposed to be right next to London. And uh, it's surrounding areas. And it's in the highlight mix of drama when the Venture and the Tordor are battling over lords and lands... To basically see who's going to have what influence over whom. And that's sort of the eye they want you to take on it. So much so that the uh, the plot for this all centers around a D&D element. Right? It simply does. I don't, I don't do that to make fun of it, but to highlight that if you've ever read a D&D module, man, this is exactly how it's made. I'm right? only laughing. I'm only laughing because Bob and I, we... This seems to be more common as we go further down the line of these books where we don't talk beforehand about what we think of these materials and we immediately, like, we get in this podcast and <laughs> we're saying the same stuff, right? And uh, I, I am I am not here to co-sign on Bob. I'm not right. here to, you know, set his spike. But it's very true. Like, the thing I got about this immediately was it it definitely feels like a, a like a high fantasy D and D style module, and the thing is is how do you not make it that when it's the dark ages, right? Um, you could think of a hundred different ways already. I know in saying that your mind's already set with well, you don't have to make it to where it's the players are summoned to court to talk to Prince Mithras, but he doesn't talk to them. His seneschal talks to them. And this guy's going to talk to him to tell him on what to do. Now, inherently, that summons isn't wrong. However, from me to you, that's there's a lot that could happen from where the players originate, which should always be the focus, to what they get into coming up to this spot. And this book will go, oh, no, Bob. No, Bob, we, we included that. We told you that this, this, this plot could take place anywhere at any time, included in anything. So you're right, and you should include it like that if that works for your game. What I will tell you is that that is... Literally a non-confrontational, no-consequences style of writing. And when you do that, you don't allow immersion for the people reading. This won't give a storyteller confidence to know that anything I do is okay, but I'm literally reading this to get confidence that what I've been doing is okay. Right. It, it, to me, when I'm, when I'm reading through here, especially in this first chapter, so you get summoned to court, as Bob said, by the Seneschal of, of Mithras, and... Um, they give you a series of, of could ifs, right? Like they go, you know, you could argue for a better reward or you could decline, you know, they give you all your kind of your options and, and how that plays out. And one of the things that, that I've, I, they don't, they don't at all talk about how your coterie 
might impact might be impacted by the clans that are in it. They don't talk about how um, they, they, for instance, they say your characters could decline, and if they did, it wouldn't impact them politically. And I feel like that's a misstep right there. Not the only misstep. Before you dive into that, don't forget that other MacGuffin. That if they choose, that if it looks like they don't want to go, he always has presence and dominate to fall back on. So ideally, though, he wants them to go with them, to, to agree to help Mithras of their own will, because a servant acting on their own will is always better than a forced hand. And I'm and, and to segue to exactly what you're talking about there, Nate, I, I think please continue, because I think that's what they're getting at and, yeah. and then missed it. Right. Well, you know, the, it, if, if you if you were you've your coterie has attracted the attention of Mithras. So Mithras is obviously uh, he wants to utilize you. He thinks you're good enough to move with his name. But then they don't talk about any political ramifications that might be had from declining the request of the prince. They say it won't affect you at all. It, it's totally, you know, whatever you, you could do it. Um, but then they also talk about like how um, some of the rewards you could you could barter for, um, like you could create a ghoul, or you might be allowed to embrace a ghoul, or uh, you you might be embraced, you might be able to embrace a loved one. Um, but like basically, to me, this venture that they present is kind of like very generic, stereotypical quest giver, right? Like I don't want to do the quest. Okay, well, you don't do the quest. Like, so would you say, because this is my take of him, that this is a guy who they wanted to be malleable for everybody, but in making him malleable, you miss the point of his conception? I, I feel like, really, what is important here is that it offers you no forward momentum into the meat and potatoes of, of what Vampire the Masquerade should be, I think, which is you know, dark political, um, inter-clan, uh, sort of warfare to, to like, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, because that, that, those are elements that come into play later, right? Because the point is the Bruja and the Ventru are at war and they're sort of warring over this area for political gain or whatever. But don't you think it's weird? Right, because we went through the venture. We already went. We've grown through through order of release, right? So we went through that base book. It talks about the politics. There's no real. There isn't no out and out clan venture, clan bruja hatred. There's no talk of that war exactly, right? It's just that these this stuff happened. These events occurred. There's mention of. Uh, I don't even think we hit the Prometheans yet, to be honest. No, no, and but the, but they talk about in in here a big factor that plays into this is the the Canite heresy, and uh, right, and and then the Bruja, you know, there's like all this other shit that they talk about in here. But it's but it's almost like it's contradictory of what they've released, right? Because it's uh like or this was the idea, and that's why it's only forty or thirty six pages, whatever it is. And here's and it's just a setting piece, right? It literally is just to get people going. And so, like, I'm less to be harsh on it because it really seems like it was a filler to yeah. get people to bite harder on Dark Ages. Right. And we know a new edition's coming up. But right. the point is here, what I'm driving to is that they have certain elements. Like, the setting here is a little... It's good. I enjoy it. But it's almost like it's, it's insane at the same time. It's kind of disorganized. 
like when they talk about that, you know, they go to a town and, you know, Nicholas is going to discover that there's a there's a massive tapestry that covers the length and breadth of a wall behind the, the Lord who's there, which is Nicholas, excuse me. It depicts the final moments of Icarus's fateful flight, right? The look of terror on the plummeting figure's face is so well portrayed that it might cause even the most callous canine to falter and consider the proper place in God's plan. And this is communicating to me, all right, this is a person who's had some loot, first and foremost. To have that, you were able to commission someone... Because here's the plot, to talk about our, to skip our opinion real quick. The plot, real quick, players are called by Mithras to take over this town, Galtry, because there's a noble there, the lord of the area, excuse me, who's dying, and he has a lot of wealth. And unbeknownst to uh, the players, Mithras already knows that there's a torter who snuck in, because the lord was so guilty in his life that all the atrocities he'd committed, he went and commissioned the church... To hear his hear his cries of what he needs to do in penance. And the church's grubby little fingers at the time wiggled together. And they decided, well, if he donates a cathedral or whatever. Right. A monastery, you, excuse me, a monastery. Give your, give your land to the church and that will work towards saving your soul. Well, at first it's the monastery, right? And then they do the monastery and then a torador sneaks in. And that's how they put it, right? The torador just snuck in with all the monks and then he ghouls a bunch of monks. And he has these minions, and this this ha this this is place is his, and turns around and he tries to influence the Lord to giving up all his wealth to the church, making it very nefarious. Right, right. Donate well, your land to to the church to save your soul. Well, Mithras hears of it, sends the players, and your orders are to take over the whole town. It's that simple. Take over the town, take everything, and that's that's what you're there to do. And he doesn't give you leeway as, or he gives you all the leeway in the world. No strict direction how to have it done. Just get it no. done. And also, if you need to come back to get more reinforcements, you're totally fine. You don't need to handle this on your own. Like, you right. know, it, it, it's very, like, it It paints sort of the absentee version of Mithras as kind of like, hey, whatever you need. I'm totally cool. You can come back. There's no There's no failure here. There's no, there's no bad ideas. It's just, <laughs> you know, if you need more, come on and ask for it. It's okay. So to that strong point, the plot's solid. In terms of objective, getting used to politics in the Dark Ages, what you're going to do. Because why would a leader do that? Mithras did it because if you go to that town and burn it down, he can kill you and be justified. And pay somebody nothing and he still gets the land. Right? But if he goes there and turns out he has, not only does he have the land, but the players set themselves up as someone in charge. He now has vassals. The land's still his and it's still okay. So now, what happens? Uh, what happens when the players hop on their horses? They're they're by the way they're all given horses, so they get their quest item. I'm sorry, I'm being shitty, but um, so what what happens when they arrive to the town? They arrive to the town, right? Well, when they're at the town, it's I, I want to skip to a weird element for me, right? It's uh, I have to because getting to the town is the town, right? Going through, seeing people, folks are about, but they they have this weird girl. That's there named Jill. Right? Jill out of nowhere. And she's a humanity element. That's that's clear. They want to hammer home. She's like outside of an inn. And the assigned duke in the area and his men come riding by. And as they leave, they tell her, Jill, make a decision soon. Think of your brothers. Because I want to show you uh, where, where the angels talk. It was some weird creepy statement like that. And I was like, why would he do that? I mean... At least, at least publicly. I, I sound shitty saying that. 
like behind closed doors, I'm giving ultimatums left and right to the ladies. But I don't I don't mean that way. I mean like here's here's a guy of affluence in the area, and she's a commoner. And we're just ignore that. Like if he likes her, sure. Tell her you try to court her, do your thing, go about your way. But Bob, world of darkness. Everybody they're, deserves they're, to be a shit. Right. Like they're they're trying to emphasize to you because it's like these uh um these knights or whatever, these soldiers that work for the the duke right like uh this guy dubois <clears throat> i believe and and so they're they're like the the town bad guys right they're basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to paint you a picture of um there's there's a certain level of acceptable evil in this town and they introduce this young woman and like you said her name is jill um holy shit is this the have- plot to back to the future Mm. Doesn't that make that guy Biff? Yeah, and wouldn't I mean, this be his mom? Him, and one yeah, of you is Marty McFly. That's that's possible. That's possible. Um, but sorry, but just I don't. I don't know. I don't. So did you did you pick up on the? Well, I want to mention something that pisses me off about it. But <laughs> I, I'll right. let you finish before I go there because you might you might mention it anyways. Weirdness aside, my only my my have a couple issues of it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, this doesn't digest well to 2019. No. Right, we're in we're in social justice warrior era. We're gonna find issues if we this, look for them. This whole thread with Jill and the how the story eventually plays out, I was like, "Ooh, don't need, uh, don't don't feel like I needed to include that." Right, for sure. And and well, they force her on you. That's right. my whole problem. Like you see her at the side; she's an attractive girl, and the players can just ride by, right? And they give you uh-huh. they give you clues. Like if you ride by and say, "Are you okay?" She says nothing and sits there. Mm-hmm. Right, but if you pull up and stop, and you know, if you're a Tordor, and you look at her, roll to see if you fall in love. Yeah, you could fall in love with her so hard right now. Right, you just fall in love because that's a die roll. Or yeah. you can get off your horse and walk over, and then you would just be like, "Oh, I love you," and then, uh-huh. then you fall in love again. And obviously, they're driving to make her important uh-huh. to the players. But the story they want to tell is that don't forget, storyteller, she has small brothers who know to hide from people in armor with swords. Because of the danger that they could get into and whatever. And obviously her sister is the, I guess, the sacrifice that that the town just ignores is there. Now why I say this is a big issue for me is because they have a town blacksmith who had his son fed upon by a vampire in this story. And he exacted revenge on that vampire, but he now is hyper alert for more of them. He doesn't know what to say to anybody about it. He just knows that... He's, he's fucking Batman. And he's and he's on the lookout. <laughs> right, right, and he's right. like, he can save his son, but by God, he'll save someone else. So he's willing to throw himself at a beast of legend that walked out of his nightmares, that took his son's life that he could not save. And he'll he'll die for that. But he won't save Jill from the town <laughs> rapist? Right, right. A mm. uh, uh, little confused. A little confused. But it's a story. Uh-huh. Well, what bothered me about her was all of that, plus... Um, they're like, also, don't forget, she's got two points of true faith. And I'm like, oh, did we need to include that? Was that, do you think, necessary? <laughs> I don't know how I skipped that. I don't even recall. I must have read it, but I, oh my god, it is so, okay. Sorry, I'm containing it. It's not professional. Just, yes. Uh, anyway, so, so, proceeding forward, you then go to the castle. And they do an excellent job of describing the castle and describing what it feels like. And, and so these are the elements that are going to be really interesting. But then you go there and, you know, the, the gates to the castle are closed. And you can pound on the doors. And then they'll, they'll answer and automatically let you in, right? Because everyone assumes you're a noble because you have horses. 
because of how you're dressed, w- whatever. It's 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 an easy right. thing. They let you in, and then they they continue. They describe those shitty nights in a little bit greater detail, and they're like passing women back and forth and cutting their skin and cutting off their clothing. And I'm like, again, I get like we're trying to portray a certain sort of debased debauchery of the time, and like, but also, couldn't you have done it differently? There is not. A, a player troop in the world that didn't kill those guys already. Right. Right, right on the spot. Johnny on the spot. I've had many a player. Right? Many. Some who love playing scumbag evil Bali things. Every single time. It's over and done so quickly. I watch the rage wash over the player. <laughs> right. As they just play in the blood so, of these guys who thought they were monsters. And then they're like, okay, good. And they made feed from the person uh-huh. they just saved. Right, which is a vampiric rape is a form of it, right? You just let me I get your blood down. Move on. You've been saved. Whatever the case. But they won't sit there and let a group of people I'm gonna cut her clothes off and I'm gonna like this reminds me of Death Wish. Do you remember that is Death Wish that, that film that had a it was like uh, the guy with the gun Charles Bronson? Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Brown right where they where they get gang Dark steals Ages, into Charlie his house. Bronson is that, right, is that steal, what you're saying? Right, but the, ga- the, the but the scene where the gang steals into his house and like crowbars the maid and it bothered me that when I read that, I was thrown back to remember a film I had rather never seen. But they, but apparently there's a point. You don't kill those guys because they belong to the Lord, right? Right, right. Yeah, we move past that. Uh, that's that's a that's a very easy thing to edit out of your story, right? It's easily not, done. You know, whatever. You there's a thousand ways you could portray that these guys are scumbags, and you don't have to do it that way. Most um, of it rumor. Right, right. Uh, I would suggest moving on past that. Um, so anyways, we get to where the Earl is, uh, is at in the castle, right? And, and he's deathly ill, you know, very old, frail, like on death's doorway, um, about to pass away. And mm-hmm. the, the, no, the, the, the Earl's son is there. Um, and, and, uh, the priest, um, the, the priest from the castle are there. Father Lucian. Yeah, and uh, they're they're very much um, like seeing to to their father, well, to, to to the Earl in his end times, right? And so you're there, and uh, everybody kind of this is where the the politicking kind of starts. But don't forget the plot point. The plot in this scene here with the Earl has what two sentences, literally, and the second sentence is probably the most important. Observing canines with soul sight may recognize Lord Alfred as a canine. Right, it just gets it out the way. Um, I mention it because it's a fun Easter egg, because this sets a precedent forevermore for everybody in live action to walk around with Auspics up. Yep. Level two. Well, well here's the thing. I, I didn't know who the fuck Lord Alfred was when I when I read this, and I was like, okay, Lord Alfred's a can't. I don't know who that is. Okay, so then I move on, and then later on, they're like, Lord Alfred Bruja, and I was like, where did that sneak up on me? Like, right. You know, it just, it seemed like... It wasn't very well established the first time. And then I noticed something as we went, as we go through this book, there's just vampires everywhere. Everything is, is vampires. This literally feels like, and I'm going to, I'm going to state this. I don't mean this cruelly, but if you want to know insight to what I did for like decades, right. Uh, with, with a large troop and they were there for most of it is, is the fact that you'd sit in Denny's and it'd get early enough. And one of the players would suddenly tell you of a game which, by the way, you knew automatically they never ran this game. This game never took place. 
but they're now going to tell you in barroom style about everything that happened, from the plot to the players to the looks in their faces, the whole nine. They're going to storytell now and give those storytellers nearby a break. And that's what they're doing. Now, they were never the fantastic stories of fantastic stories. They're not designed to be that. They're designed to get you through. Just to get you by. And that's that's the feel of this module. It's like I just like just sitting here. If they were to quote it, that's what's going on. So, um, anyways, uh, there's there's a debate between the two characters, right? Um, the church wants the property. The son wants the property, right? The son wants the 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 land because it's in his it's his inheritance, right? By, by primogenitor, it's his. Right. That's law. That's it. It should. It is his. Right. He, he inherited it when his father passes away, but the church wants it because influence, I guess. It, well, the church wants it under rights his father's an evil man for his immortal soul. Right. I, you I'm know, just if you want to, us. I'm just trying to figure out like what the benefit of the land is to the church, and they, they probably established that somewhere, but it seems to have they, missed. They it. do, in a sense of a broad sense of history, the church is in power right now. And conquest is their game. And to every noble and lord that wants to be knighted or crusade or what have you, the church is the one that's granting the power and privilege from that. You know, because the belief that you could be cured for your sins by them is all-encompassing. Remember, this is the era where uh, you'll, you'll see eventually where they start making writs, right, that you can buy. Especially up, I believe Rome was kicking off at this big time. Well, I'm going to go to this guy and I'm going to pay him five gold. He's going to give me a writ. And on that writ, it says, you are forgiven. Please admit Bob Atten, Bob Muffin, one into heaven. He is truly sorry. <laughs> Signed, the Popa. Right. right? And that's it. And I'm like, oh, yes, here's my... Now I'm relieved. Now I can go and commit more evil. Because that was for all my evil up to this point. Right. And one I'm, I'm the... sorry, if it doesn't answer your question. If they get the town of Gautry, I bet the location was important. Okay. So it's near London... It's near more nobles. It's near, you know what I mean? That land corruption thing. Right, right. So, so anyways, the story proceeds. And um, they mention uh, one of the things that, uh, like, really was, like, a no-duh moment. Where they're like, well, what if your players want to embrace him? Because <laughs> they, they, they don't want the church. Basically, your whole goal is to prevent the church from getting the land, right? And preventing the church from getting the land is your success. It's your... Uh, you know, that's how you accomplish your mission. And they're like, well, what if we just embrace them? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, then skip ahead. <laughs> Basically, like, <laughs> like, and, and, and also, so you're all vampires, your whole coterie, right? And then um, you have the son, who is a bruja, and his lady, who's a bruja. And then you have the priest, who is a ghoul, to a Torador who is running the... So it's literally just a bunch of vampires trying to figure out how to get the land from this old, decrepit-ass dude who's about to die. And don't forget my favorite part about Lady Lady Karen. I was telling you this. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me, let me do this here now. It's Lady Karen is a friend right. to Robin of Leland, who's the mm-hmm. Prince of Nottingham. And mm-hmm. she's also a friend to Patricia of Bolingbroke, which is a, two badass characters. Uh-huh. That are mentioned in the Dark Ages that would be sorely upset if anything happened to Karen here. Yeah. And you've never heard about Karen till now. But right. when I was looking at this, I was like, was it Robin of Leland, like a guy who leads a revolt? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's like Robin Hood, right? Right. And that's, and that's what he turns out being. And I'm like, but it's like that thought was never, you know what I mean? It's right. like one of the many eras where it's like, that's what he was to this point. 
flipped later on. I was going to mention this later on, but we'll mention it now since we'll, we'll brought it up. So somebody, just as a small aside, somebody, um, they go by the name Pazuzu on our Utility Muffin Labs Discord, um, brought up this issue with Victoria Ash. Victoria Ash is mentioned in um, the Sun also sets, whatever it's called, the Giovanni Chronicles 3. Um, right. as being like embraced in the 1800s and they give her some, I don't, I don't remember the exact details, but in that book, her sire is some schmo, some, some schmuck that like is, they're basically mentioned in passing and she, she's sort of like a neonate, but in later editions, um, it, she's embraced in the 1600s, right? They basically, they like sort of retcon Victoria Ash's concept. And right. so she's much older and much more powerful. And he was like, oh, that's really weird. Why would they do that? Wouldn't they just make a new character? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't write the books. Here's an example of this book. This story takes place in Dark Ages, the first Dark Ages, which is 1197. They mentioned it at the beginning. And at the end of the story here, they talk about Patricia of Bolingbroke, and they talk about Robin uh, Robin Leland and, you know, what you just said. But if you go to Chicago by night... Patricia of Bolingbroke, Tyler, wasn't embraced until like 1380. Right. So she couldn't possibly exist. If you look at her character sheet in the revised Bruja clan book, she was embraced in 1380. She couldn't possibly exist. What that means to me is sometimes people make fuck-ups. And, sometimes and it, they, just, they just fuck things up. What it, what it tells me, <clears throat> and I find it interesting when you catch stuff like that, mm-hmm. is that it's not, one, it's not perfection. Right. right, just like you said, and you got to take it with that. Like it happens, it caught caught up. It's a lot of facts to right. keep track of. Okay. The other thing is, they're not the same writers, right? Often Precisely. it is different moving on forward, and often you're dealing with someone else's work. Right. So unless you're going to master the work that came before you, which you're not, if you're hired in contract to write x ten thousand words about this stuff, you're right. worried about that stuff because you have a deadline. You're not looking to get everything perfect. I get that. Just the point is, is that I think to look at this, when you guys see this, inevitably you're going to be like, come on. And, and everything Nate said was just superb that you looked all that up and got that down too. There's there's going to be inconsistencies in everything, right? It's, I mean, if you went in and you, you're like, let's find all the inconsistencies in Marvel Comics, there's, there's probably a hundred podcasts dedicated to just that, right? So... Like, we could just make a podcast where we hunt down inconsistencies and go, why is this a thing? Don't, but what's don't, that do? Right. What, and also, how does, that, how does that improve your, your game? How does that improve this session? How does that improve the overall um, interest in the game? Right? Preach. And, and, and here's the other thing. All vampires are liars. <laughs> I, it's, it's just the you truth. St- All, you stole my MacGuffin. Tyler <laughs> is a liar. It's, it's my number one MacGuffin. If, if you if you read the original Chicago by Night clan book or clan book city book, she she is simultaneously an anarch, a Camarilla member, and a Sabat member. Yeah. What? Okay. So, yeah. D- don't worry about it. If you're running Dark Ages, and you're like, oh man, I want to throw Tyler in there. Uh, cool. Do it. Right. I, yeah. Because you know she's Karen's best friend. Because here's the thing, while while your players are sitting down and having like a great time, if your players are like, nope, nope, this doesn't, this isn't real. Tyler's not there. They've missed the plot. They've missed the whole point. And well, basically, what I'm saying is, who cares? It's not a big. They've deal. also they've also defied God, as you put her there. 
It is the least... I'm <laughs> teasing you. <laughs> You've the... defied Sheba! How dare you? Anyways, the story continues, right? Not to derail too far, but the story continues. And honestly, let's not go too further um, on the story because I, I just want to point out some things that I think are righteously annoying about this book. Um, mm-hmm. Basically what happens is... The the outcome, and I don't feel like we're spoiling anything, uh, eventually the outcome revolves around the Duke getting embraced, right? The, yep. Duke, the Duke gets embraced. The Duke comes alive in a rage of evil. And one of, the, one of the things they talk about in the outcome here, and again, I'm skipping ahead. There's whole legions of story that you can tell. Because um, again, we talked about the Canite heresies mentioned in here. All this, all this crazy stuff is mentioned in here. So Remus is his Torador priest who beats Karen to death with his fists, okay? And I was like, man, this dude's got to be a pretty badass vampire to beat another vampire to death with his fists, right? I'm like, right. I'm like, whoa, he's a badass. So like, I turned to, I, I turn to where the character's at, and he, got, he has three potents and two strength. And, he's on the road to heaven. And no brawl, and he's on the road to heaven. And I was like, how does this... This dude, this Torador, beat this Bruja to death with... And I, I was like, man, this, to me, indicates the person who wrote this doesn't have any clue what they're talking about, how vampires work. Because also, the the Duke, where I, what I was trying to mention before, I got him confused. The Duke rises up and tears his son, the Bruja, tears his throat out with his hands, with his clawed hands, and and kills him. And I was like, how does a how does a vampire who was just embraced, who's reawakened as a vampire, who has physical traits of one each, how does he tear out his son's throat and and send him to final death? And and, and honestly, you don't wanna that, that becomes a dangerous game when you pick him apart. Because the other aspect is is just like you said, the the four pairing. Mm-hmm. Right, the priest versus Karen. Pound for pound, Karen's gonna win that. No, there's no way she would lose. There's no it's, way. It's it's just how it's just how that is. Karen even got a Chimera uh, Street of four, right. right? She doesn't even have to have that fight. She can make him believe he's fighting. Right, right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's and that's that. Till he calms down and be the socialite she is, how she was written, right? And and get him to see reason before she decides to stomp a thine ass. Mm-hmm. And that's and those are the options. I mean, the Duke's sons her chilled, right? Right. Why would she like observe it? You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's ripping out of throat. Guess it right. happens. Not going to happen. Also. And, one of the other things too. So the the Earl of Galtry is what really pissed me off, right? That's why I confused him because I was like, this character as presented is so terrible. This character is I, I just got embraced, and the embrace has turned me like completely one hundred percent evil, right? I, I I'm gonna kill Dubois because nobody gets booty but me. That's literally his motivation. He's like, I, nobody gets the booty. And here's the thing. I want to stop real quick. It may seem like we're overly focusing on this whole, like, rapey aspect of this story. No. It is a major right. factor of this story. And it, it, you can't help but keep going back to it. So you have, to, you have to figure out a way to delete all of that bullshit. But here's the character as he's presented. Embraced 1197, as we're there. He has one strength, one dex, one stamina. He has no, no brawling capability whatsoever, but somehow, being just embraced, he's got five disciplines, and 
arising from from the dead, becoming a vampire, has immediately given him a Road of the Beast five. Right. How the fuck does that work? It it doesn't. It doesn't in any. It doesn't hold up to anything they've they've preached, anything they've laid out in growth, anything they've said to start. Any any story element that they could have had right. by that. But it's something I said. There's a lot of people go, I ignore the stats. They're just stats, guys. Just change them. It's, you know, whatever. Um, I'm going to inform you of something. If I write a book based on something, mm-hmm. then I make sure I get the data correct. That's that's all I'm saying. Anything you've ever looked at, they at least get that much. And be, why? Because it's practice what you preach. If you're going to tell everybody else to go through these elements and these steps to make what you're going to make, you have to do the same or you give the wrong impression. Right. right, you prove to be hypocritical. It damages your product. And in here, when I when you see stuff like that, you try to go, well, the plot's there. I guess that's okay. What you're really saying is, I'm I'm actually disappointed. I'm disappointing in this. I'll make the best of it what I can. Testament to you. But now, if you're somebody with hard-earned monies that didn't know how to run the shop, and you you know you're listening to this, you're like, oh man, I want to try this Dark Ages. Let me go ahead and get that. Because mm-hmm. we've heard all how these rules and stuff click together and we can make changes and whatever. Then you read this, you're going to be like, well, apparently, none of this matters. Right. And, and also, I, I feel like in many ways, this is a game that, um, I've said this before on different podcasts, but I feel in a lot of ways, this game is one of the few games that is played by word of mouth. And what I mean by that is you usually have one person that reads the material, and then you have five other people that don't. That one person that's read the material sort of rolls that out to their players and um, players go to LARPs and they don't ever read the books and that that's okay. You don't have time. We get it. But what I'm saying is if you present a story like this, where you're, you have characters that can do things that make no sense and characters die by other characters hands that couldn't possibly happen. I feel like you're setting a poor example. You're going to have the one storyteller who's like, Oh, Oh, so this is how it runs. And he's going to feed it to his players, and his players are going to go, oh, that's how it works? Well, so now you've suddenly created this story that really I don't feel like um, in any way focuses on the hard and fast of what Vampire the Masquerade or Dark Ages is. And then all of these players that play in that game get this poor example. And then they go to games, and they go to games, and you sort of like have this, this like uh, viral effect. Well, now I feel that that's valid, and that's all. And, and up to this point, this is all for the uh, obviously the review of the material. But let's look mm-hmm. at the fun factor. Mm-hmm. I feel that we give pretty solid how we reflect and how we get opinions and how we do. And those those uh, our fans or patrons love listening to us. You're here for that. That's what we got. Now for those who are just getting into this mm-hmm. are just going to hear this. I'm like, man, is, I mean, let me get to the point to where I should get this or don't. Sounds like I shouldn't. Let's talk about fun factor. Mm-hmm. Is this book fun, Nate? I think it has a very strong potential. I, I think it could be. Long story short, I think it very much could be, but I think that you have to read it through a modern perspective, and I think that there's going to be a lot of things in here you may want to alter. How how things end and how things roll out, you may want to change just a tiny bit. Um, I agree. I agree. I think the uh, the element of uh, of, let's just call it, right, something that did happen, we can't ignore that either. When you're running this game and you're putting them back there and you have to highlight it, if you're going to bring it up at all, and this book does, you have to make a decision. Number one, to make your troop aware that that element is in your game. Number yeah. two, once the element that you're aware of that is possibly it's in, it's in, the, in that game, you have to be more classy than how it was delivered. 
yeah. or how the potential is here. You don't like we said. You don't have to have a bunch of guys sitting back with women passing back and forth, cutting clothes off of one another. Right. You can leave that to a reputation or how the people react to this guy being around. I, I don't think, rely on his book's delivery. I think you could literally cut that whole thing out of it. But when I sit down at the table, uh, this is this is a policy that I've adopted, and I strongly suggest anybody else adopt it too. Um, especially if you're playing with with folks that you um, you haven't necessarily played with before. Let them know, like, these are some of the elements that are going to be in here. Are there things in here you would rather not interact with? Maybe we, you know, do you do you want to interact with that? No. I, I think it's all about what's permissible for your players. And um, just be aware, there's some stuff in here that doesn't, it, it doesn't hold up. Um, or maybe the dark evil lord has a lot of dark evil servants and you're here to handle that shit. Right, right. You know, but, I mean, that hopped his rep. So to me, I, I honestly think we haven't really had a great record with how we treat modules, and uh, I don't I don't know that this is this one is any different. However, this book was eight bucks when it came out. So for me, if if you're new to the game, you're like I don't know where to start. I'm intimidated by storytelling. This takes every piece of thought out of the works for you and allows you to sort of follow this, you know, just by the numbers. Um, Personally, uh, if I were storytelling this, some things I wouldn't rely upon are the dialogue. The dialogue seems very trite. Um, it seems very like um, uh, it, like it was made for a video game. So I, I would I like to ad lib. I like to role play and use the words. So I think reading through it and knowing the material, and then just letting it play as it would play normally is a great idea. Um, but you know, however you choose to do that is up to you as a storyteller. And, and I think it's a good idea to note that that we're hard on modules. I, just a reminder, um, why we are hard on modules is because we believe in you. And we believe that more time spent on writing material that fills out the world with uh, at least facts known are, are better right. than stories of how vampires made could have done something. I, now, I, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I say that because when you review a book like this one, it's hard. Because when you go through to review it, we are also critiquing and reviewing a writer probably got vast more experience than us, but guess what? We got the mic. So <laughs> that's the that's the thing I want to highlight. Right, wrong, or indifferent, we're also people who bought it. Right. So I have that's, two copies of this. So <laughs> Right. And that's and that's the weight of it. And when you buy something and you have it and you you know respect the writer enough to endorse and you're there and you're in it, you want it to be a raving review. Is it cohesive, professionally done, put in a book? Leaf Jones artwork is the number one thing in here for me. Yeah, I, I, I approve greatly. I love it. That was worth the eight bucks, right? right the rest right, of it, right. the rest of it, they kind of, well, there's a reason, like Nate said, it was short. Short and to the point, and they get on to better books later on. So The front cover artist, whose name is Dan Brereton, um, he does a lot of uh, like comic covers. Uh, I love the cover to this. I, I, I absolutely, I really, truly enjoy this artist's artwork. Um, here's the thing to me, getting these books as a new storyteller, I, I think it's very important because one, you can look and see, okay, well, this is how they format it. It's how it's laid out. Um, but two, tell your story, your story is going to be better. Now you have the skeleton, you have the structure of how a story can be told, tell your story because here's the thing. This, this is not meant to be the most advanced, like they're not telling you. 
a story that happened in the world of darkness. They're just telling you a story that could happen in the world of darkness. There's really, there's nothing up for grabs here. There's no, like, history's going to be altered for all time. This is just a quick run-through. So, to me, if you're new, and you're new to Dark Ages, like I am, get this and see, oh, here's how I can tell a story in this time with this material as it's presented. And here's some characters. Because some of us, myself personally, I don't like to build characters. I know there's a lot of people that play this game that are like, I love building characters all day long. I, no, I don't want, I, I got time, no time for that at all. So anytime I can get some quick characters that I can run through, it's the stat block, that's good for mm-hmm. me. So and if I could tell you, I feel I was tricked with this cover. <laughs> Why? Um, I'll explain it. I remember seeing this cover, and when I looked at it, shelf included, I was like, that's that book that stole my money. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. And, you know, I remember, too, because I remember Melissa being like, hey, what's wrong? This fucking book is not what it showed. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, I'm at the store, and I get Transylvania Chronicles. The cover fit. Everything's good. It's thick. It's great. I'm looking at all this stuff. I get the Dark Ages books. I got that lined up. Uh, the Bella Sanguinis. I'll take six. Give me all this stuff. Give me what I need <laughs> to, to arm my game so I'm the best at what I do. And I get this book, and I'm like, that looks like a badass, interesting tale. Yeah. Maybe it's a bunch of short stories in one. Maybe it's a bunch of characters for the Dark Ages because it's got this badass dude drawn with this cape pulled back, all traditional Dracula style, and, and the shadows behind reveal it maybe. He's an Osferatu. We don't know. And it's just the way it is. With, you know, the nice cool-ass hoop earrings and shit walking with him. Then you got the two ridiculous guys down front. But ridiculous, why? One dude looks like... He- one, one's like an inquisitor and the other one's like a badass knight right we, i don't even know if that's a knight i was like could be a knight that could be a roman shirt could be a celt is the celtic knight found he's god got, he's got some swords is that a tremere the hat's a little ridiculous but why is that hat there i don't know could Maybe be a should, wizard let me get this book and find out why this dude's interrupting this weird inquisitor's ritual thing stuff whatever mm-hmm. or maybe they're both hunters and that vampire is going, I'm going to kill your ass and add to my skull collection. I don't know, but it drew you in. And then when I right. started reading it, I was like, this has nothing to do with the, <laughs> this is nothing of what, what, uh, damn, right, got right. me. Well, anyways, it's inexpensive. You can probably find it anywhere. Uh, like I said, I have two copies of it, so it's probably not difficult to come across. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think that's it. I think we've, we've established both the pluses and minuses of this particular book pretty, uh, pretty succinctly. Um, so, uh, next week we are reviewing a book of a completely different ilk. Uh, next week we are reviewing three pillars and three pillars is, it's a thick book. Um, we'll just put it that way. It's going to be, uh, quite a, it, it basically it's about double the size of most of the normal source books. And uh, so I'm very interested in reading it because it's basically, from what I understand, it is a book solely like flavor for this this book or this uh, Dark Ages and, and the era of Dark Ages. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a better read than, than this one, personally. Well, definitely will be because it's longer. <laughs> right? It's more chances. Well, sometimes longer doesn't mean better. Sometimes longer just means more boring, uh, quite frankly. I suppose that depends on the person and the situation. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know what to expect here, but uh, um, so we we might have a guest in a couple of weeks. I don't want to spoil anything, but um, be on the lookout for that. Um, the regular scheduled podcast coming up in two weeks may not be a book. So um, that's all I have to say about that. I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, for chiming in. And always, if you have comments, you can contact us on our Twitter, Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, you can hit us up on Discord. Just a couple uh-huh. Discords. Uh-huh. And uh, what am I missing? You, you're nothing. Um, so okay. we, we really haven't done a lot of like Q and a type of stuff. So honestly, guys, you know, if you have questions, um, you know, for us or about books or whatever, um, we'd be more than happy to answer them for you. I don't, I don't know how that fell out of, out of style, but we, we used to get them all the time and now people are just like, oh, you're on discord. We don't care. Like, we'll just ask you directly. Yeah. And it tends to, that, that's, that's yeah. a daily affair. Overexposure. Um, we, um Yes. We get in there. <laughs> we're we're too accessible. <laughs> well, anyways, if you want a question answered on the podcast before we review the book, do that. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And you've been listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related stuff or anything else you can think of email me at nathan at utilitymuffinlabs.com utility muffin labs consistently rated adequate